and we're on. Okay, welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. My name's Eric Wickland, and I'm the Technology and Innovations Editor editor here at Healthcares. Uh, today, we're talking to Dr. Mafuzur Rahman, Chief Medical Information Officer at Sydney Downstate Health Sciences University, located in Brooklyn, whose emergency care center sees nearly 45,000 patients each year, with another 9,000 patients discharged annually from inpatient settings. We'll be talking about how the hospital is going to be using AI technology uh, to help patients transition from, from the hospital, from an ER visit back home. Dr. Rahman, welcome. Thank you, Eric. Nice to be here. And it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks very much for joining me. So let's talk a little bit about this. You're going to be collaborating with Memora Health to use their AI platform. How do you? How will you be integrating that technology into your care pathways? So Eric, um, if I may, currently we are at the other end where we do things manually. We have two seasoned nurses do certain things that we need them to do to take care of our patients once they leave our building. Um, and we recognize that resources are tough, especially nurses are very, very difficult to get. Um, and they're not able to reach our patients during business hours, Monday to Friday between nine and five. Because a lot of people have jobs and have lives that they need to attend to. So we need to find something else. And Memora Health's AI-based um, platform gives us just that opportunity. So we have been working on implementing it at this point. Uh, it's been a few months. We need to figure out a complementary workflow, both from our side as well as from Memora, so that they they don't duplicate the efforts, but at the same time, complement each other. And that has been our challenges at this point. Um, as you can imagine, um, downstate being a state institution may have a set of rules and regulations that differ from other institutions. For example, even though we have we are partnering with Memora Health at this point, we have our agreement, business affiliations, contracts and everything because Memora is an external party, we have to make sure that our consent process for patients to be contacted by someone other than employee of this institution is a step. So we had to actually work on creating a consent process, uh, making sure that patients are well educated on what we're planning to do so they don't get surprised. Because I don't think anyone wants to receive a phone call or text messaging from an unknown source. We all get spam calls and messages. I don't want patients to discount our efforts in trying to reach them. So that has been the first, very first thing. It's like entryway to the institution, to the whole process of follow-up after discharge. How do we do that? So that has been the first thing. And then obviously we have other um, points in the entire workflow of uh, contacting patients and following up with them. So that has been how things have been going so far. Now, how does this technology change what you're doing now? So I can touched on that. We have basically two nurses that try to reach all our patients and they do that by phone calls. And I know that I don't always pick up phone calls like I'm talking to you. If I get a phone call, I mute it. And if I don't recognize the number, it's going to be tough for me to call them back. And many patients may not re recognize that phone call is coming from SUNY Downstate. So and patient might be in the bathroom. You might be with your doctors and then you, we miss you. With the resources that we have, we are not always able to make multiple phone attempts to our patients. And obviously someone has to answer the phone for that entire conversation to be continued. 
what Memora does is extremely what uh, it's a very valuable resource for us. Patients can be contacted and at the patient's own time, they can respond back. And if a, if a patient doesn't respond the first time, we can try again in a, in a little bit, maybe in the next day or so forth. But giving someone a time so that they can you know, understand what's going on. And our current workflow, we're also trying to change, and that is a large part of our patient population isn't necessarily fluent in English. Mm. The two people that we have, they don't speak uh, the language, which is Creole, French Creole. They don't speak that language. So that already limits us. A significant portion of our patients are not being able to be contacted efficiently, effectively. So Memora's platform is going to allow us to have that part of the conversation with patients and say, if you don't speak English, what language do you speak? And then we will get a feedback from the patient and then we'll identify that a certain patients, a proportion of our patients should be receiving that uh, type of communication. But because right now we don't have a way to separate who does speak English and who doesn't, uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough tough workflow for us to follow. And these two nurses we have, if one of them is not coming in because of a you know, personal issue or time off, then it's the other person that's doing it. So you can imagine how difficult it is for our resources to be able to reach all our patients, make multiple attempts at reaching them, uh, and do this sometimes on the weekends because or the late after hours, maybe in the evening when the patients are home now from their job or whatever they're doing during the day. And now they're communicating with somebody uh, effectively, letting them know what's going on. And Memora has natural language processing, so we're not losing anything. If a patient says something that's not necessarily standard script, the program will decipher what, what the gist of the topic is, and then we'll get more information from the patients and then triage that back to us. Say patient X is looking for appointments with cardiology, then we know exactly how to make that happen. Or patient Y is concerned about their medications, they did not receive any. So we can quickly take a look and see should the patient have received prescriptions for medications, did they go to the pharmacy or they didn't, let's find a provider, a clinician to take care of that right away. So these are post-discharge uh, communications with the patient. Um, right. Yeah. Are they personalized for the, the patient's specific condition or treatment? Uh, we are starting out. That will be one of our goals is to be personalized. Mm -hmm. um, right now we are starting up. So we are actually doing the general communication with our patients. But the personalized part does come in because patients can ask and say certain things like, you know, I was supposed to get a um, transport uh, arrangements made or home attendant come to my house. No one has come in. So this program will pick that up and then we'll address that. But individually, what you ask is something that we're looking forward to is our next phase um, mm -hmm. in, in our development, in our uh, orga organization in getting this done. And it'll be in the future, we'll be looking to do just that. Okay, so what are the what are the biggest challenges you faced in getting this technology ready for for use? Uh, so partially, we do everything manually. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the first thing is does our infrastructure support it? Like mm -hmm. I mentioned before, the consent part of it. Um, we have to make sure that everything we do new 
that we are dotting our I's and crossing the T's and are we missing anything? So we have to speak with our uh, nurses, obviously, our doctors, our social workers, case manager, our pharmacists, legal, compliance, everybody, they all have to have, have, it, have their input in there, making sure that we are protecting our patients, making sure the patients are getting the right information and we have a way to respond to our patients' needs. So, uh, and we have to create workflows because this new organization, the, the new process is identifying new issues that would not have been a problem should a human being was calling the patient and you and I are talking, it's easier for me to look up on my computer what's going on and tell you, as opposed to the computer is collecting the information, it needs to tell someone and it needs to be timely. If that person is in there, is there a backup person? Because expectations are different now. Uh, and obviously a patient may say an emergency at you know 11 p.m. on Saturday. Saturday. What happens then? There's nobody here on site on Sunday. So should that wait until Monday morning? But it can't, obviously. So we have to make sure that yes, if the patient reached somebody, their expectation is yes, SUNY Downstate is going to have someone respond to my request. So we need to create that additional workflow, making it happen. So th those kind of little things we're finding out, big things we're finding out, and uh, we're having ex internal meetings and then make sure they're merging, they're collaborating with Memora's uh, information and workflow so that they're all fulfilling the same role, that we don't have drops, you know, we don't, we don't create more problems when we're trying to help some. Yes, yes. Uh, was there any pushback from your staff, your providers about using AI technology? Actually, I didn't expect any and I don't think there is any because uh, one of the biggest problems we have is the personnel, the two nurses that take care of our patients. We already know that's inadequate. So normal response would have been, why not put more people to do it? Well, yes. the nursing profession has been decimated um, for a while especially with the pandemic that we're just passing through. And I think we're hopefully we're done with, but that didn't help. It made things worse for all of us. Um, we don't have nurses to dedicate to this. We may need to have someone who is clinical enough to be able to listen to patients and give them directions. We just can't take a high school graduate who is not well-versed in the clinical area and talk to a patient and get information because we don't want to create uh, alarms with our patients either. We want to get that information, ad assess what's going on, and then address the patient's needs. So, we, and we didn't have those expert level people around. Our nurses are not around to be able to do all of that. We already have shortage in our inpatient, our clinics. They're all suffering from shortage of nurses. So this resource that we really desperately need wouldn't be something that we can just throw two or three more people in there to address that. We couldn't do that. Uh, so here comes AI. So everybody's like, yeah, and we're all sort of familiar with AI. We all operate our software. We go to Google for everything and there's AI. We go to Bing, there is AI software there, Chatbot, you know, ChatGPT, and that has been in the news. So people are well versed as to what this is. And obviously we're not going to implement something without them seeing it. They already understand that, you know what? We are going to work together create the workflow, have the communication, take everybody's input and com make compromises where we need to or create work workflow that satisfies all our needs. So I, 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 there is hasn't been any pushback at all. It's not like people are losing jobs. This isn't it. We don't have people to fill the job that needs to be filled. So AI comes in and is taking uh, that that part of the workflow and it, we hope that it's, it, we think it is going to be great.
Yeah, yeah, I would imagine it would certainly help those two nurses that, oh, that you're relying. They're looking forward to it. They're not going away, by the way. Yeah. They're not going away. They're going to yeah. be coming back and they're going to sort of specialized cases. They are going to be where their expertise, you know, their, their level of training is going to be now fully used, I think, for, for the right patients, for the right situations, as opposed to them calling me and saying, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, oh, yeah, thanks for taking care of me. They didn't need to hear that from me necessarily. Yes, that's great to hear that, but their time could have been spent better uh, addressing more urgent uh, situations. So now they will still do, be doing that and they will do that well. I think they're realizing that. Nice. Now with a program like this, uh, do you test it out first of all with patients so that they can get used to it or how do you introduce it to them? So internally, we have to make sure that um, we have all our folks um, appropriately trained and well-versed and they recognize what's going on. Because right now, during the implementation phase, we are sort of speaking with the leaders, a few down the line, frontline workers, not everybody, because we can't speak with everybody and create a workflow. So we're creating the workflow, but we want to be able to finalize the details, then have a more um, general discussion with our um, people who will be participating and who are involved in patient care and mainly post discharge after hospital visit, what happens to patients. So we will be doing that part so that everybody understands what exactly we're doing. And then we'll advertise that we will let our patients know as soon as they step through the door, like, hey, this is what's happening. This is what we're going to be doing. Someone is going to be contacting you. They will ask mm -hmm. you questions. We aren't, we won't ask you for your money. This is not about pay or anything else. This is making sure that when you leave the hospital, you are still our patients. We want to make sure that you got home okay, that what we recommended, that what you needed to do, that you were able to do. And if you needed help, yeah, how can we make that happen for you? And th this is the part of the conversation. So yeah, there's going to there's going to be, and we've already started uh, creating the workflows and getting that message out to our own people and to our patients. Nice. So that they, now, they know what it is, yeah. Hmm. Now, how do you measure uh, the success of this type of program? What kind of... Uh, data will you be collecting that to make sure it's working the way you want it to? So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a great point. Data and metrics obviously are necessary in changing anything. Uh, this this is a this is a project that's going to cost some money as well. You know, just like we, are, we would have to pay in the nurses that will be addressing this. So we'll see from the get go how receptive are our patients? In other words, how many of our patients accepted to be contacted by this? Because as, a, as our institution, we need to have their explicit consent in able to contact them. So we'll do that first. And then from every point, every entry point into this conversation, how many patients responded a certain way with, you know, what were their needs? If their needs are clinic appointments, that's majority. We will see what's going on. If their needs are, yeah, um, I was supposed to get, the doctor told me they were going to give me this medication, but I never got any prescriptions. Maybe the prescription went to the wrong pharmacy. Maybe then because these are electronically transmitted now to the pharmacies. So we'll have to figure out what's going on. Are we not publicizing, giving patients information as to which pharmacy uh, has received uh, our patients' prescriptions. So we will see what kind of issues that are going on. We will triage their responsiveness to this communication because we do have a, um, a community and in a, it's a resource resource starved with a lot of social determinants of health related issues. 
Um, yes. So we will see from our surveys, from their feedback, what their issues have been. If the issues are getting transportation to their appointments, then this is what we need to focus on because that's how our patients' needs are. And every uh, point along that entire conversation, we, we tend to follow our patient maybe 30 days or more, making sure that they were okay, that, you know, the that they don't need to go to the hospital to be readmitted for the same thing because um, when they were here, we explained some things and those things were not effective. Sure, we need to we need to figure all of that out. So that's going to be our challenge. That's going to be something that we're looking forward to getting the data and then based on that information, change kind of like um, mold our workflow and communication mm -hmm. and dedicate our resources to the area that needs it the most. That's a lot more data that you'll be able to collect than you've been able to do before. Oh, so there's a oh, yeah. lot more, a lot more opportunities there. Oh, for, absolutely. I mean, yes. human beings, we are all, I mean, I myself am guilty of it. Yeah, sure. I'll get to it tonight and I'll, I'll check these boxes and I don't do it. And two days later, I forget what I was supposed to check, but this is computerized data. If a patient responded in 20 minutes, patient responded in 20 minutes. We will know how, how long does it take for our patients to respond? What time of the day or what time, what day of the week do they respond mostly? That's going to be some things maybe that's why we need to figure out. If patients are available Saturdays and Sundays to let us know what's going on with them, then we need to have resources dedicated for those two days. Uh, maybe Monday to Friday, they're able to call their doctors or call somebody else. But guess what? When the doctor is not in the office, that's when they need help. That's where we want to be. We want to position ourselves to be patient-centered hospital that we are and make sure that our patients get what they need. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. Nice. Yeah, uh, I know we talked a little bit about uh, maybe personalizing the messages somewhere down the line. How else would you like to see this type of platform evolve? You know, what more could be done with this type of technology? I think technology has become a focus and I think a central point in patient care. I mean, we are in the patient care. I'm, I'm both the CMIO and as well as the vice chairman for the Department of Medicine. So I get to see this day in, day out. Many of our patients from my department, we discharge them home. Um, telemedicine platform, for example, being able to communicate with the patient, letting them know what's going on, letting patients request an appointment. These are simple things that you and I take for granted, but our patient population may not necessarily have that level of expertise, resource availability to be able to do that. This platform could be the patient's go-to um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week um, option to say, hey, I need an appointment. I need to see someone. I have a problem or, you know, I, I call my doctor's office, but nobody's responding. Can you guys help? Whatever. Um, patients go home and a lot of them have significant needs. A surgery patient may need their wound checked. Maybe a patient who has heart failure needs to have their blood pressure monitored, their weight monitored. A diabetic patient's um, glucose needs to be monitored. AI-based platform might be able to be the next best thing for patients uh, to be able to call first and say, my sugar is 300. Uh, is that okay? Um, maybe that's where communication could start. And it starts to the point and it ends up being uh, that patients are okay or you, know, you need to, do you take insulin? Have you taken your insulin? If not, why not? Do you need a prescription? Sure. Or you know what, are you having any symptoms? And then, then bring the patient to the emergency or RG care or let them go to their doctors, provide bad resources. So yeah, it's, 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 I think it's the future. I think the transition of care, it's the key point here. 
I think uh, maybe about 10 years or in the last decade or a little bit longer, I think the fee-for-service where a doctor or a hospital that took care of a patient or patients and as many times as they saw the patients, they made money because each visit was certain amount of money. But we are moving away from all of that. We are look, we're looking for instead of quantity, we're looking for the quality, value-based purchasing type of work. And in order to achieve that, um, it requires a line of communication that needs to be open, needs to be available for patient as well as the caregiver. And maybe AI-based, this is just the beginning for SUNY Downstate for us to be in the future where um, patients can reach back to us. We can reach our patients. We know when they will be available. You know, you are available 9 a.m. in the morning and, and 24 hours a day. Somebody else isn't. And if a patient needs something, where do they go? And AI-based technology is very, very um, useful these days. It's available, it's everywhere. Everybody knows about it. It's not like we have to educate them on this, but we have to have something where patients are safe, their informations are protected, and they get the help they need when they need it. And we need to take care of them that way. Very nice, okay. When will this uh, technology uh, be put to use? What, what's, what's your plan for actually getting to start with it? Uh, I think the next uh, two months, next couple of months, I think we will have that workflow ironed out so that uh, we, we Creole, like I mentioned before, French Creole is not a recognized language, unfortunately. So <laughs> that's a challenge for us because if it were a language, then it's great. Everything is pre-populated, everything's built up. So we have to work on that as well. So we're creating our English platform first, making sure mm -hmm. that it's clear. And then instead of switching it to Spanish, we have to switch it to Creole, where there is no standard format exists. So we have to create a translational, translated version of the English English version, and then make it happen. So we are thinking sometimes in September we should be able to go live, barring any other issues. Um, we just went through our EMR upgrade. Actually, today is the first business day. We just did it over the weekend. So we are figuring out what's going on with that because we do need IT support in that as well. And all our staff have been dedicated to taking care of that. So September, I think, would be a good time for us to go live with the um, plan that we have to implement uh, this AI-based memora post-discharge um, communication platform for our patients. Very nice. Okay, Dr. Raman, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks very much. Eric, thank you. It's wonderful being here and appreciate your time. All right, then. Uh, th and thank you to listening. Uh, thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast. We will be back next Tuesday with more healthcare industry insights. Just stop recording. <laughs>